You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to another episode of rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast brought to you by faithteams.com i am your humble host pete rogers joined as always by jeff clark barnes mr class jordan smith and he's now just basically become a regular on the show ginger nick uh welcome to week one everyone finally here i know well tomorrow let's Uh, go does anyone else feel like we're heading into the season a little lackluster is that just me? I feel like I feel like I'm kind of going into the season being like, "Woo, football!" I keep forgetting. Nah. Yeah, exactly. I, like, oh yeah, it's this week. I've dialed up all the smack talk in my fantasy football leagues <laughs> on purpose, just <laughs> just to get it going, get the juices going. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I need to get I need to get more. I'm sure once I start watching it again and. It's always a thing where it's like the off season has all of its little narratives and storylines. And you're always convincing yourself that this is the year that you're going to not support the NFL and they've done too much. And then you start watching it again. You're like, well, it is really enjoyable. And I do like seeing this. So I'm sure once the games actually start and I start actually tuning in and having my Sundays be dedicated to it, uh, you know, then I'll start getting hyped. But it's also kind of that natural lull of, we've been pushing really hard to get back into the swing of things. And we've been doing all of this draft stuff and now the drafts are over. So it's like, wait, are we really that excited? And then you see the first real game and you're like, yep. 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 Absolutely. Hype's just, real. Yep. Okay. Hype that, is real. That's fair. All you can do like over the past three days is stare at your ESPN app and look at your roster. Like there's yeah. not much you can do. Really, no. Just watch things fall apart. Just watch everything disintegrate as you're just like, oh, I drafted such a good team. And then you hear news slowly come out. And you're like, oh, my team is falling apart before my eyes. Dude, Jarek. Jarek. That That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, We've got some news that we'll talk about. Um, speaking of, you know, things that have gone down that could tear your fantasy team apart. Uh, the Steelers offensive line is working their way into Le'Veon Bell's next diss track. Uh, and then it's uh, week one preview time, woohoo! Uh, where each of us will give a start and sit from all the games this weekend. Uh, since, oh, gotta get energized, gotta get, gotta get the you know that week one excitement going because it is here, people. It is here. It's time. This is where you win your fantasy league. Is in week one. If you lose week one, ten out of ten times you're losing your whole whole league. There's no, there's no coming back from an zero and one record. Yep, you might as well just hang it up. Just retire. Just call it quits. Uh, all right, let's hear that music and let's uh, do the news. Not all is hunky dory in Pittsburgh, you guys. 
as we all know, Le'Veon Bell is currently in the midst of a holdout uh, as he has yet to sign his $14.54 million franchise tender. Uh, and it came out today that it seems Lev Bell might not be reporting anytime soon. This has seemingly not gone over well with the members of the Steelers' offensive line who have taken it upon themselves to rip Bell apart on Twitter. Um, and here are some nice little pull quotes that I've got for you guys uh, from center Marquis Pouncey. Obviously, it's Le'Veon Bell over the Steelers, and we're the Steelers. Just a nice reminder as to who they are, and that the fact that they are the Steelers. Uh, from David DeCastro, we all thought he'd be here today. He makes us all look kind of stupid a little bit. Just sit out the whole year then. And let me know, you guys, if you think these voices are appropriate for the character. I can also I can try to do a different one for each offensive lineman. So I think these are offensive linemen. So the closer that you can get it to Ogre from the nerds, even though this is like generally thought of as the smartest position, since they are the biggest, of course, they have to be okay. the most headiest. So, so I, I think you're doing great. I can actually, I can verify the DeCastro voice was, was spot on because he went to my rival high school. Oh! So yeah, I actually talked to him like at a track meet once and he twisted is my it, buddy's ankle is, in, a, in a pile one time. And yeah. Nick Nick is stepping on Jordan's knowing famous people turf. Ooh, Jordan, going live. How do you feel about this invasion of your of your turf? You know what? The more random connections that we can make to pro football players, the better. But at some point, you guys have to start milking these connections to get people on the podcast because Clark and I are are pulling our weight of us just being present, and you guys need to start pulling all these famous people you know onto the podcast. Let's be honest. Um. All right, so final offensive lineman. Uh, I'll do my best voice here with Raymond Foster. He's making seven times. Well, I make twice as much as Al is making, and where are the guys doing it for him? He also tweeted a picture of Lev Bella's Where's Waldo. Uh, so let's start with the obvious question. Nick, we'll go to you. How long will Bell's holdout last? And then follow-up question, will the Steelers' offensive line pull the longest yard on Bell when he eventually returns onto the field? I was kind of starting to wonder about that today. I, when, he come, when he comes back, I think they're going to play him. Um, and I think that they'll try and do whatever they can to get him back because he's you know, arguably the best running back in football. So I'm not worried yet. I own him in a couple of leagues. Um, I'm not worried yet. He'll probably miss week one. But I think the week 10 thing is I think we're, we're blowing it out of proportion if we're already hitting the doomsday button on that. Yeah, I was hoping Nick didn't feel that way. Today, when I offered him uh, James Conner and Chris Hogan for Keenan Allen, trying to help him. Trying obviously. to. You're doing a great, you're such a helpful yeah. guy, Clark. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I fire this out there on the Twitter sphere and I'll repeat it here. Uh, this is what the NFL and the NFLPA get for just leaving their stars out to dry. Like when you're under contract for seven, six years before you can do anything about moving to another team. This is the only card that people have and all this crap about making decisions with other people's money and salary. Like someone else gets paid more than you try harder or learn to live within your means. I, I hate those arguments. Just not even just in football, but in life, like if someone else is making more money than you, you should be happy for them. Not jealous that they're not doing what you want. Rah. I agree. And it's, it's damning that Raymond Foster, who is, one of the players who's a part of the NFLPA, this doesn't bode well for the whole negotiation process because you were saying, Clark, and we said this a lot of times on the podcast, right? Players need to get paid what they deserve. And we've seen that 
to a certain extent with the contracts that have been handed out recently. Khalil Mack just got paid, which I guess we mentioned that on on uh, on earlier podcast. That's right, because this is a Thursday podcast. We mentioned it on Tuesday. Aaron Donald finally got paid. Aaron Rodgers got paid. Odell Beckham got paid. Uh, Todd Gurley got paid. Now it's Lev Bell's turn to get paid. And he's sitting out as long as possible because, as his agent said, like that's going to put keep the wear off the tires. The Steelers don't care how much they use him and whether or not Le'Veon Bell is rested or, or has any use going on after this season. And so the more he can hold out, the more rest he's got and the better of a kind of the better contract he's going to be able to sign at the end of this year. Every NFL player should try to just to get as much money as possible. That's been my hill to die on for the past two or so years now. And for the Steelers offensive lineman to kind of call a player out like that, I, I get the whole team mentality, but I'm sorry, be as valuable to your team as Le'Veon Bell is then. None yeah. of these guys are in the top five at their respective positions. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. You're just not. Boom, roasted. He's the one that probably makes you look better than you actually are. You guys should be more mad at your front office and the owner of the Steelers, who is making millions off of this franchise, that they aren't paying an employee what he's actually worth. This is where the business aspect gets yeah. uh, a little bit cross with the, quote, team aspect and... I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell has been trying to get a new contract for years now. This isn't like the first time that he's ever held out. Yeah, this is what happens when we let a monopoly collude with a union uh, to set people's salaries. Big words from Clark. Yeah. If we're going to talk hey, capitalist systems and then let's, oh, let's boy, do it right. We're going we're gonna to 45 minutes on economics, right? Coming and also, also save all of you people in the Twitter sphere who are average Joes who are like, Oh, Le'Veon Bell is showing his true colors. I don't want him on my team. Oh, he should be on the field, and he should be he's getting paid to play football. He should play football. How would you like it if, like, the whole f***ing internet commented on when you wanted a pay raise? Like, if you were like, well, I feel like I deserve a pay raise in my job, and some rando in freaking other side of the country was like, wow, Dan, you don't deserve a pay raise. Go, go finish your contract, you butt wipe chill it with all of the all of the you know oh i'm a average joe and i know what's best for Le'Veon bell's future and that he shouldn't be looking to get as much money as he possibly wants even though if i were in the same situation i'd be doing the exact same thing so that stuff is so nuts but hey before we leave bell i, I was looking at um over the cap today to see like what teams might try to make a trade for him and one really stood out the colts have the second most cap space on the year right now and they're sitting at 48 million in in free money yeah, how interesting is that? Very interesting. That would be devastating to Jordan's claim that uh, Wilkinson or whatever his name is is going to be a top 12 fantasy back. <laughs> yeah, leave Jordan Wilkins. Back, I'm on the Wilkins train too. I, I like him more than Hines. We're waiting until next offseason when Clark's Texans sign. Right, exactly. Uh, we all know that's what's going to happen. We need to speak it into an existence so that Clark just gets an ounce of hope for it. And then when it eventually doesn't happen, we'll get him live on the podcast and see how many F-bombs he can drop. Sounds like a blam. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Also in the news, we have a little injury roundup for week one. Evan Ingram has gone through concussion protocol and is all set for the weekend. So as Clark mentioned on Tuesday's podcast, if you were able to capitalize on like the sudden – I don't know. Clark, how would you describe it? The sudden like a uh, crash. 
Yeah, the sudden crash of Ed, Evan Ingram's stock. Good for it. Good on you, because Evan Ingram is all set to play. He's not going to miss any time, and he's still going to be a vital part of that Giants offense. Um, and then meanwhile, in Philadelphia, the defending Super Bowl champions will be without Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey uh, Thursday night. Tonight, I guess, because you'll be listening to this podcast on Thursday uh, against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I don't think I drafted with anybody that was really too concerned about Evan Ingram and his injury and allowed him to slide further than he should have. Um, as far as the Chris Carson train goes, I'm still skeptical of anybody running behind that offensive line. I don't care if he's looked good in the preseason. Just throwing out a Chris Carson reference there, Jordan? Yeah, didn't you just mention Chris Carson? No, I said Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, good. My, it's good to know that Jordan doesn't approve of Chris Carson either. My mind is still on the running backs. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm on board with uh, Chris Carson. Though. I'll I'll die on that hill. Ooh, a lot of hills, a lot of hills that we're dying <laughs> on. We're, there's gonna be a lot of deaths on this podcast. It's gonna be like a red wedding up in here pretty soon. Um, cool beans. Spoiler alert for all of you people who have not read or seen Game of Thrones. Um, well, there you go. There's the news. Well done, everyone. Uh, time for some week one preview. Fantasy football is finally back. It's finally here. And so what we're going to do is we've, we're going to dedicate our Thursday shows to previewing the coming week. Um, and we're going to go through every single game on the week and or the weekend, I guess, and uh, give some starts and sits. So let's start off with the very first game, Thursday Night Football. Jordan, talk to us about the Atlanta Falcons taking on the defending Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles. Who are you starting and who are you sitting? Yeah, I mean, despite this being... The first game on a Thursday it should still be a pretty exciting matchup to watch. A lot of fantasy implications. A person that I'm going to be starting is Jay Ajayi. Um, I think we talked a little bit about this already. The Eagles are fully preparing for him to be a workhorse running back. Um, yeah, Corey Clement and Darren Sproles are still there, but they're super situational at this point. Um, and the Falcons... Last year, they were ranked 20th in rushing DVOA. Um, and this year, I know we haven't seen them on the field just yet, but I feel like they just did not add a whole lot to improve that rush defense. Um, so I'm still counting on running backs to have a pretty good time against the Atlanta rushing attack, especially when Atlanta is not the home team. Um, the person I'm sitting, I'm still a little bit out on Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he could be a solid flex option, but I'd be a little bit worried if he was my wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Um, specifically, he's not, for the he's, not, he's not playing. Good sit call, though. Yeah, it's a good sit call because he's not playing. Right. He's injured. He's not. He's not playing. Okay. Well, you said Carson Wentz earlier, and Jordan. Just... We said Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey weren't playing, and you just thought Chris Carson and, and ignored everything else. <laughs> well, I had a whole bunch of stats ready. I was. <laughs> fully prepared for the wrong thing i i guess i'm not paying attention to who's injured and who's not my backup was going to be nick Foles. i know that he's probably the handcuff that people got for carson Wentz at qb but i think maybe the heat might be a little bit off with nick Foles. he had a good run last year he caught a lot of people by surprise but nobody's going to be fooled by nick Foles this year they're going to be fully prepared like he is actually the starting quarterback and he's not catching anybody by surprise. I know I, I talked down a little bit on the Falcons defense because of Jay Ajayi, but 
the Falcons can still rush the passer pretty decently. As the great who say, we won't get fooled again. Yeah, exactly. I love the start Ajayi. I've had a weird relationship with Ajayi as I've always liked him coming out of Boise State, and I always thought that he wasn't played because of his knee. And it seems like every time he's gotten a chance, he's done really well, but he seems to have those chances taken away from him. He did really well. He got traded. He went to another team and and showed well, but they had other good guys in the backfield. So I've been aboard the JHI train for forever, and this is this is kind of the year of will I finally give up on JHI or a Monday night? Is he going to rush for 120 yards and get 40 receiving? And it's like, oh yeah, there's the guy that we thought we were going to get for the past five years. This is great. Yeah, I don't think you should be too worried about JHI getting traded. Like there's something wrong with him or coaches are seeing something that we don't because he got traded by the dolphins they don't really know what they're they don't doing. know shit <laughs> let's be honest yeah so i was really down on ajayi coming into the year you guys might remember i put him at like 47 or or I, something terribly low i think he was like in the 80s in my top 100 um they've anointed him as their bell cow and so okay i guess i'm on board but something i'm going to be watching on thursday night is uh the falcons uh, tend to just like hemorrhage uh, receiving production to running backs year in and year out. That's kind of been the staple of uh, like an issue with the, with Dan Quinn defense. So I'm kind of curious to see if, if Clement or Sproles still finds a way to play spoiler for Ajayi a little bit, or, um, or if Ajayi suddenly, you know, is catching a bunch of passes and then I will just have to give up on being down on Jay Ajayi. Yeah, we saw Corey Clement do a little bit in the passing game against the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl. So that could be something that they're looking to to build upon this year. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. JJ, that's a bold a bold start, Jordan. I like it. Starting off the year right, uh, Clark. Let's move on to you and let's talk the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. And before we get into starts and stits, I do want to say we are going to do. We have a weekly. Uh, we're gonna do weekly pickums. Uh, we're you know we'll make our all our predictions. We'll post that out. I am still unsure about who's going to win this game. I think Cleveland could could pull off the upset. I kind of want to be daring, but Clark, uh, convince me that I'm right. Yeah, one of the concerns with the Steelers is no matter how the Browns are, they always seem to manage to play them better. So I think this is anybody's game. Uh, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the show, just a little bit. Uh, during rant time uh, it's james connor time if you haven't picked him up and you're listening to this and somehow he's still available in your league go get him he's a starter i think there's no reason for Le'Veon bell to come back before week 10 or week 11 so you may be getting a starter for several weeks here so go pick up james connor and play him uh nick did great uh ranks for our fake website and i've got james connor in it about running back 20 so he's a start a, with Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. You're starting all those guys. And I think with Cleveland, you're starting all the guys you drafted too. Uh, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, and Carlos Hyde. Those guys are all go. Um, you sit Josh Gordon this week. It's just too – don't know how that's going to play Too out. risque. Yeah, I like the James Conner call uh, because he's also and he's not just he's not just a backup. You know, he's not just someone who you throw in because you're like, oh, well, if, you know, Le'Veon Bell's not playing, he's going to get the majority of touches. And, you know, a starting running back is worthwhile of a start. 
he's shown flash. Like he is a very talented running back. And the only reason he fell in the draft, because he was battling cancer. If that's, if I believe that correct. Um, and so, so he has a ton of talent and could easily take and run with that starting role. So he's a great guy to get onto your roster, especially if the Le'Veon Bell holdout long lasts longer than just, you know, one to two weeks. Yeah, I like your point, Clark, of the Browns always playing the Steelers fairly close. Um, Maybe this is just some sort of bias stemming from the Pittsburgh talk that we were just having before about Le'Veon Bell. But I see a path for the NFC North to kind of be that division where we're like, can we get a different team into the playoffs here instead of one of these guys? I think, I don't know, I just think they might have a rough time. I don't like pittsburgh's defense um they're usually pretty lauded for it but i think they're going to take an additional step back um from last year and who knows the browns i mean we all kind of fell in love with them on hard knocks so they might actually be good so i clark i, I missed uh, some of your sin start because i had to re-sign into the hangout but um i'm obviously i'm, I'm on board with connor as long as he's starting he's, he's gonna get a, a ton of work and you, you just play him against whoever he's uh he's matched up against um and i would also agree with uh benching josh gordon for now um i can i guess that you said sit roethlisberger for the steelers no i mean you drafted him to start him i'm playing him Okay. I uh, interesting thing. There's the whole like road, ho- the home road split with Roethlisberger. Apparently, the um, there's some people have done some like more research on that, and it's not just a a road split for Roethlisberger that throws him off. It's the 1 p.m. Eastern time games, and all the other games mm-hmm. line up with his regular career stats. I had no idea. I just found that out today. But uh, anyway, well, it's been decided for me. I'm picking the Cleveland Browns to win this game. Let's get it. Uh, let's move on then to a team that could win the AFC North and maybe upset the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers atop. The Cincinnati Bengals start off against the Indianapolis Colts. And I am going to insist that literally everyone starts AJ Green. If you have him, start him. If you are playing D- DFS, he is worth his price. Start him. This isn't just me pushing my AJ Green agenda. Uh, the Colts secondary is going to be hot garbage this year they don't have a player on their secondary with more than 13 career starts and green is just going to feast on them and with a lackluster pass rush andy dalton's gonna have all day to sit back there and pick them apart and you know he's gonna be looking for his boy aj green uh so he's a must start as for sits i'm still on the ty hilton bandwagon and i'm still behind my beer bet that he is going to be well i don't think i actually made a beer bet regarding him but i claimed that he was going to be right on antonio brown's heels this year um but sit ty hilton it's luck's first nfl game in billions of years so he's gonna we're gonna have to wait and see how he can kind of get out there and perform the biggest thing is that hilton's facing a Bengals defense that was second best against wide receivers last year only allowing 16.5, 16.15 actually fancy points per game to opposing wide receivers. So I am just a little hesitant, a little hesitant. I want to see Andrew Luck's arm and body survive a full NFL game before I am uh, I'm starting T.Y. Hill. You got to put an asterisk by that defensive stat there because Devontae Adams torched them last year. But um, <laughs> sure, I... an asterisk because Devontae Adams took advantage of it. I think it's important to note, and I've been saying this all offseason, for Andy Dalton, he was throwing behind a makeshift offensive line. Uh, they sh- 
let Andrew Whitworth go to Los Angeles. And I think that caused the domino effect. And they really felt like they needed to go out and correct that again by getting Cordy Glenn and drafting a new center. Um, so I think just going back to the basics for the Bengals and, you know, fixing things from the inside out, inside being in the trenches on the offensive line, that's going to have a ripple effect throughout their entire offense. And I'm high on AJ Green and Joe Mixon. The Colts have no pass rush to speak of. So even though, even with the Bengals going in and solidifying or at least improving that offensive line, like it's going to be ten, look tenfold better against a Colts pass rush that can't get after the quarterback. Oh, somebody else go. I'm going to look up the Colts defensive backs who are starting because they're awful. Yeah. List their name. <laughs> so I, I'm, uh, I guess on, for this game on board the AJ Green train, but he does make me nervous for a season long. Uh, Get uh, however, I do right I out do of town, Nicholas. The, uh, the, the Sorry. Sorry, Pete. Um, TY scares me. I am starting luck in one league though, so I'm contradicting myself, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Jack Doyle is actually going to be kind of the the number one there in Indy uh, for the first couple of weeks while Luck's arm kind of gets loose. I'll keep it simple. You start everybody in the Bengals uniform. This Colts team is terrible. I'm talking Tyler Croft. I'm talking Giovanni Bernard, John Ross, AJ Green. Tyler Eifert might sneak into the end zone on his six snaps. Burn this defense to the, the ground. Colts have looked awful. Uh, and the reason I say, no, you start T.Y. Hilton is because they're going to be down huge. And T.Y. Hilton's the only competent receiver that we can expect to get the ball further than 10 yards away. You sit everyone else on the Colts. Luck is a desperation play. Even though I like Luck, I'm nervous that it's going to go real, real bad for the Colts against uh, Geno Atkins in the Bengals D-line. Looking pretty tough. Looking, looking good. Uh, Jordan, give us give us the stats and information before we move on to the next game. Yeah, you guys ready for some Colts defensive back talks? <laughs> so we talked just before about how much cap room they actually have, and we can't forget that they let Rashawn Melvin get away in free agency, who was probably their best defensive back last year. But their starting corners are Kenny Moore the second, Nate Hairston, Quincy Wilson, and Pierre Desir. You guys I have no idea who they are. Or that is an elite from. secondary right there. I've heard of the last guy. I've heard of Quincy Wilson, <laughs> but that was only because last year I played as the Colts in my Madden franchise. Only reason I know Quincy Wilson. So there you go. That instills a lot of confidence in the Colts secondary. Um, all right, next game, moving on. The Buffalo Bills take on the Baltimore Ravens. Nicholas. Okay, so I'm uh, for, for both this game and season long, I'm – so high on Alex Collins. Uh, the guy, he was a workhorse last year. He was getting 19 touches per game once he became the starter. The Bills have a good pass defense. They've got a really bad run defense. The Ravens' defense is also great, and they're, they're going to control the clock, control the ball, just running Alex Collins and not letting the Bills do anything. I also think Buck Allen might be a sneaky play in like DFS or something because I think he could maybe get like 10 touch touches or so relieving Collins, but uh, as far as uh, sit goes for this game, just the Bills—they're—they're they're terrible, and <laughs> they're terrible. And the Ravens have a really good defense. Maybe, maybe Lashawn McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin are volume plays, but other than that, like, I just sit them. Not touching Lashawn McCoy. 
time to queue up those Nathan Peterman hype videos. <laughs> that the Bills are desperately pushing out on social media, being like, this is your starting quarterback, Bills Mafia. Get behind him. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think John Brown for the Ravens is a sneaky start if you're somehow desperate at wide receiver going into week one. This may be your last chance to pick him up cheap off the waiver wire if you're looking at a few guys that you think you're never going to play. Go grab John Brown now before it's maybe too late. Yeah, I think he's their number one this year, too, over Crabtree. Boom. I've been in love with John Brown for many years, and it paid off once. So and we'll maybe see. it'll pay off this year. And if so, it's going to be beautiful to witness Clark's uh, Clark's love grow and blossom on the podcast. John Brown is that guy that you just know is going deep. Like he's going the length of the field, but somehow he still gets behind everybody. So it's like Tyreek Hill. All right, next game. Uh, Clark, talk to us about the Tennessee Titans, the new look Tennessee Titans after the RB1 podcast campaign to get Mike Malarkey fired worked. Never forget, NFL, we are the reason Mike Malarkey got fired. So, you're welcome uh, against the Miami Dolphins. When you're sponsored by the Amazon group, you can get a lot of things done (laughs) on your podcast. We'll start with Tennessee. I'm starting both running backs. I have faith that both are going to hand in fine games, especially for where you drafted them. You only had to pay flex value for Deion Lewis, and I think he's going to finish the week. Top 20 performance at running back we've seen in the preseason. Mariota really likes to throw the ball short. Doesn't seem to be quite on the same page with the deep passing game. So take advantage of that early. I think you start Marcus Mariota. I think he's going to give us a top six, seven week, even though he's going to throw short. Start Walker. But I sit all of the Tennessee receivers, and I kind of want to see how it turns out before I give one of those guys a start. Even Corey Coleman, who I love. I just – not ready to make Corey Davis. Thank you. Corey Coleman, not on a team. Uh, I know things, uh, but Corey Davis, just it, it's too soon. For Miami, and Pete, no, we're at about 39 minutes into the podcast. Noted. Who the f*** knows, man? <laughs> I guess you're starting Kenyon Drake because that's where you drafted him, but who else do you want to draft on? Who I'm sorry. Can we talk about Kenyon Drake for a hot sec? Because I have been staunchly on the Kenyon Drake is not worth that much fantasy investment for this entire offseason. And then Miami came out. Adam Gase was all like, um, so here's our starting running backs. And uh, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore are going to split time as starting running backs. Whatever Adam Gase's like plan is to just kind of like mess with the uh, the whole NFL. The fact that Kenyon Drake, a whatever, 24, four-year-old athlete can't distance himself so much from the dinosaur Frank Gore that that Adam Gaze can even pretend that the two are starting running backs together tells you all you need to know about Kenyon Drake and why I have been very low on him for the entire offseason. To be fair, Jay Ajayi missed the first game because of a coach's decision before he racked up three 200-yard games (laughs) and then got traded. So Gaze's judgment on running backs – I will call into question. Yes, I like Kenyon Drake. I thought he was a home run hitter last year, but I just don't trust the Dolphins as a whole to get anything correct. <laughs> I, Gase uh, is striking me as one of those guys who uh, is sort of like the old school coach who doesn't really understand how many plays are in an actual game. Like He was saying that he, he wants Drake to get 15 to 20 touches and that they'll run, I think it was like 75 plays 
Last year, they were running in the low 60s, and the Pats led the NFL like 72. So, And, and then he comes out and says that they're going to split time as co-starters. None of this adds – like the math just isn't there. We can bring in the, the Tavon Austin for 24 touches joke. It, it doesn't make any sense. I like Kenyon Drake. I don't like the coaching staff. Uh, although I do like Kenny Stills while we're talking Dolphins. Mm. Uh, as far as the the running the t- Titans running backs go, I think that's awesome, and I, I almost want to go update my my rankings for Derrick Henry. I was just uh, I think I was on a podcast. I heard something about the Dolphins have ranked last for five consecutive years in run defense. The Dolphins D- DVOA defense is garbage, yeah, and and they lost Sue. So it's like, oh my god, uh, yeah. who's stopping anything? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey doesn't like Danny Amendola either, so. Gospel on that one too. <laughs> You're just just saying that. I just wanted to throw Jalen Ramsey's name in there <laughs> <laughs> for them clicks, baby. Yeah, uh, like right, more listeners. Every time we can work that into the. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we can talk Jalen Ramsey, we do. Moving on to the next game, the San Francisco 49ers head to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Jordan, who are you starting and sitting from this game? So starting, um, Adam Thielen. He's starting, right? I didn't miss an injury there. <laughs> no, he is playing. Good <laughs> call. Cool. Um, Savvy so, veteran move. Yeah, I would say just don't worry about starting Thielen um, against the 49ers, even if they have Richard Sherman playing some significant snaps. Um, and get that he's the new top guy in San Francisco, but he's coming off an Achilles injury. And I think just with the, the backpedaling and the need to shift direction very quickly that even if it's injured he's still kind of recovering from it I think an Achilles takes longer than a year to get to 100% even if he says it's 100% um, so don't be afraid of that former Legion of Boom star there um, and even with Sherman on the field the Niners last year were still 27th in DVOA against wide receiver ones Um I don't think uh, Richard Sherman turns that 27 even into a 20 (laughs) because they just have, I I get there's a lot of hype in San Francisco, but there's not enough attention being paid to the, I guess, lack of talent that they really do have in the defensive secondary and on the defense as a whole. So Adam Thielen, thumbs up on him. You should be thumbs up on him for the majority of the year. Um, Sit, again, this goes... Jimmy Garoppolo as a kind of just a wait and see type of prospect. Um, it's kind of like Clark says with the Tennessee wide receivers, you just, you just don't know what you're fully going to get yet. Um, Garoppolo last year, even when he was, you know, leading the 49ers to a bunch of wins, he was still throwing a healthy amount of picks. Um, and he still doesn't have a full season as a starter under his belt. And, Losing Jarek McKinnon as a utility back and weapon a week before the season starts does not help the offense. And it kind of sucks when you have to go on the road and face a top three defense. That's not generally the most exciting thing. Not exactly what you want to start the year off with. Yes, exactly. So for Jimmy, I have him on a couple squads. I think I'm going to play the backup QB and wait and see what I can get out of Garoppolo next week, two weeks down the road. I'm being forced to start Marquise Goodwin, so I'm going to say that that's a great play and that you should do that too. Uh, That way we can all uh, commiserate together if it doesn't pan out. 
Jordan, I think you nailed it with the 49ers defense. I think their only hope this year is that we see the offense play a more ball control style when Dallas's defense seemed really good back when Ezekiel Elliott led the league in rushing. I don't think the Niners have the talent to do that at running back. The Alfred Morris, Matt Breida bowl week one is going to be interesting to watch, but yeah, I, I want to play folks against the Niners defense. So just start them. Especially since Adam Thielen has played a lot in the slot during the preseason. Cause they suddenly finally Laquan Treadwell doing something with his NFL career. And so that's allowed them to bump Thielen into the slot more, which means that he is not going to see Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman does not moved into the slot. Um, and so I think that's a great start. Uh, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, Pete. Um, and I do want to say, as Seahawks fan, I love Richard Sherman, and I'm still going to be rooting for him. But yeah, uh, Thielen, he's going to run like half or more of his routes in the slot. I, I love it. I, I love Thielen, too. I've owned him in a couple leagues and stoked. Yeah, I'm kind of regretting my passing on him in multiple leagues because I was just like, well, I mean, is he really going to be able to replicate last year? And the thing is, is you don't really need him to replicate last year. I think they're going to use him differently this year, and that will still lead to a lot of production. So, Oh, I think I've got him in the uh, RB1 listener league, by the oh, way. Well, oh, well, let me just brag about that. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Uh, in that case, I'm going to say sit, Thielen. <laughs> sit, Thielen. <laughs> Start and Knock Nick off his high freaking horse. <laughs> Get out of here. All right, let's move on to the, well, let's be honest. This is the game of the weekend. If there is any NFL game that you are going to tune into, it is going to be the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson facing off against the best team in the NFL, the New England Patriots. Clark, let's hear this. So the Patriots are a great team. They give up a ton of yards on defense. So I think you start all the Texans that you drafted with the idea of starting them. I mean, you're not going to send DeAndre Hopkins. We're not going to get cute and not start the number two QB that you paid a huge price for. Lamar Miller, whether you like him or not, he's the only game in town. He could fall into the end zone twice and no one would be surprised. I think I would throw in Will Fuller as my flex or certainly in a three wide receiver league. Again, not because the Patriots are bad, but because they give up yards. Uh, last year, this was a shootout. It's all of the stuff that we're saying for this year is based on last year, so it's a bit of a crapshoot. But it's week one. We can only yeah. do it. We can only work on so much for New England. I think the only sneaky start here is, of course, you do Brady and Gronk. That's of course, and you start Chris Hogan too. Yes, there we go. You Thanks have to so do that. Got it. I think the running back start here is James White. The Texans have a really good rush defense. They get to the passer really well, but they cannot cover quick guys that run their routes in the middle. So I think they're going to go to James White on quick passes all day. If Julian Edelman was playing in this game, this is we'd put him down for 13 catches and 130 yards. That's where the Texans really struggle. So I think the only Patriots you're really worried about, are you going to start them or not, the running backs? Uh, of course, that means this will be the game Jeremy Hill gets three touchdowns on all of my benches before getting cut. Week three. Bill Belichick doesn't give a f- about your fantasy team. <laughs> okay, so Clark, I'm I have to take issue with everything that you just said because you left <laughs> you left Rex Goathead uh off of your this start list and he should be at the top. The guy can run routes out of the slot, he can do literally you can pass protect, he can rush, he can do everything. Uh I said earlier today I think Burkhead's gonna be a top fifteen running back on the season. And I bet Sony Michelle is going to be a top 24 running back on the season, too. 
I do agree with your pick that James White is going to get a lot of work as well because I mean they only have three receivers. I think both those backs are both Burkhead and White are going to get a ton of work this week. Um, White's probably just going to play slot as well, and they can just shift Rexy and and White in and out of the slot and in and out of the backfield, and it's going to just be beautiful. I like the point of <laughs> the um, the Patriots giving up a lot of yards. Um, this is where a lot of really good fantasy football experience comes in handy because those of us who've been playing for the past couple of years now know that the Patriots tend to get off to a little bit slower of a start during the first month of the season. Um, that could just be because they have a lot of complex things to go on. Maybe they're still trying to figure out what the best uh, position is for certain players to get to make them the most successful but I think it's mostly because they don't really care about the first month of the season. They care about the <laughs> very middle of the season when they know that they have the AFC um, East locked up like they have for the past decade. And then they sit Gronk for the last two seasons that are two weeks, I should say. That's that's the Patriots strategy. So if you're if you have a team against the New England Patriots, um, your offensive weapons are looking good, at least for the first month. I totally agree with that. I would not be surprised if Patriots lost this game. The fan in me is really excited. We've been waiting for this for a few years. J.J. Watt's back. Whitney Merciless is back. Jadavian Clowney's back. It's a healthy pass rush. We have help in the secondary with Teron Matthew. One secondary guy is not going to solve all your problems, but the hope is the Texans finally have a ball hawk back there. So Houston fans like myself – are really excited. This is kind of the first year that we've been, I think, really, really excited going well, into the season. Until you guys get Le'Veon Bell, then whoo, everyone's going to be crazy hype going into the season. Uh, actually, the Texans are still like fourth or fifth uh, for most uh, the the high or uh, largest amount left of money left in the salary cap this year. So something could still happen. But I I did want to mention with the the Pats defense. Um, I was reading today that they're lining up both McCordys at both safety and corner positions, like, are are they going to pull a trick play? And, like, Belichick is I, Belichick something's has been there. Something's drafted, there. Drafted, drafted Devin McCourty solely for this purpose <laughs> so that he can get Jason McCourty on his team and pull some crazy freaking shenanigans. One of them is going to be wearing, like, <laughs> number 38, and one's going to be wearing number 30, and they're going to fully huddle on defense. Yeah. <laughs> Spin them around in circles so the offense can't tell which no idea coming who's out. And they see the eight and they see the zero on the back of their jerseys and they're like, oh, is this Jason or is this the other guy? What is happening? That um, has Patriots all over it. That has Patriots. That has Belichick conniving, scheming all over it. All right, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing the New Orleans Saints. Um, and I'm going to spice it up a little bit. I'm going to start with my sit here. Uh and that is Mike Evans. He certainly will be highly targeted, um, but you're trusting Ryan Fitzmagic to get him the ball. Um, and again, Clark reference, we can only reference last year. But last year, Evans had not a lot of success against Marshawn Lattimore uh, when they played him twice last year. So that's something where you're going to hope that Fitzmagic can really put it all together in a week one start, and maybe he can pull some shenanigans out of his booty, and Mike Evans can get you... 80 plus yards in a TD. I don't necessarily know that I trust that on the flip side. And this is going against all of my trains and Hills so far in my bold proclamations for a week in week one, but 
I can't pass up starting Alvin Kamara. Not that you would ever bench Alvin Kamara, but uh, he is facing the second worst fantasy run defense in the NFL last year. Uh, a defense that he took full advantage of uh, last year when he had 152 yards and 128 yards from scrimmage with Mark Ingram. So Lord only knows what he can do without Mark Ingram. Don't, don't overthink it. You start Alvin Kamara. I think Mike Evans is someone who, if you need to start him, you start him. But I, if you have another option out there, an Adam Thielen or someone who could sneak into your flex, bump that person up to your wide receiver to let Mike Evans sit on the bench this week. Yeah, I'm down. I'm super down. Um, it's it's tough. I absolutely love Mike Evans as a player, but it's it's going to be a rough go with yeah, like you said, Fitz. Um, and that New Orleans defense is now a real thing. It's pretty good. It's finally yeah. it's finally returned to the point where it's like, oh, actually, I have to take this seriously. Yeah. Well, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, I I initially scoffed at the sit Mike Evans portion, but then I thought. That actually fits in really well with my my favorite low floor, high ceiling theory of the offseason is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to go hard and uh, quickly in the first two weeks whenever James Winston comes back to Chris Godwin and OJ Howard because I think they might have some uh, second team rep chemistry that they've built up perhaps maybe and there's also no um there's no indication that Jameis Winston is going to start when he gets back um there's a strong chance that it might take until uh week four or I think they have an early buy to work Jameis in yeah, there. Week five. Five, so he might not get back into the game during weeks three and four. So we'll I see when he's off suspension. So Chris Godwin. <clears throat> I know that each year I'm going to have to spend way too much money in taxes and that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw the ball deep come hell or high water. So I'll be the dissenting opinion here. I, I think you got to get Evan put in there. Um, I also think you start Kamara, but I am curious to see the Bucks loaded up on their defensive line this year. I think they're going to try to copy what the Eagles did and trying to copy what a successful team did is much different than actually copying them, but they've got six or seven guys who are quality players. They've drafted Vita Vey, So I do think to see, I think they did make that move and then we'll move on to the next game after this. But um, I agree with you, Clark, that they definitely shirt up, they tried to shore up that that offensive line or the defensive line. But again, what makes Kamara so effective is the fact that sure you stop him mildly in the run game, but he's just as you know potent as a pass as a pass catcher, and he's shown that he's been able to do that against the Buccaneers. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm not too uh, yeah. It it breaks my heart since I am very much on the board of well, Alvin Kamara is not going to live up to the hype this year, but he's going to start pretty well. He's going to start this NFL season very good. Clark, is this your chance? Are you you're talking you're talking Jaguars Giants? Are we going to hear some positivity about the Jaguars here? <laughs> well, you're going to start Fournette and the Jags DST. You probably paid a little bit of extra for the DST, and a lot of people are expecting New York to recover, and Odell will be back. A lot of people thinking that the offense is going to be better, but I don't think that it's going to be so good that you try to get cute and stream a defense here if you manage to pick up the Jags. I'm also going to start Keelan Cole. Marquise Lee is injured, and I think Cole is incredibly talented, despite Blake Bortles being a cat's hair away from Brock Osweiler. 
I think you start the number one wide receiver against the Giants who gave up the second most passing yards last year. Uh, the Giants, I mean, you're going to start Odell, you're going to start Evan Ingram, but if you were planning on streaming, you should look elsewhere outside of Eli Manning. Are you going to start Odell, Clark? This is something yeah. that I've I've struggled with this because he's coming back from injury, and I, I think he's going to be amazing this year, but his very first matchup is against Jalen Ramsey. Don't care. Don't care? Okay. Just If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm wrong starting Odell Beckham, I can live with that. Right, right. You're not going to hate yourself being – you will hate yourself when he's on your bench and he goes for a buck 50 and two TDs. Jalen Ramsey did have nice things to say about Odell. So I think that <laughs> means in a past matchup, he Odell might have had a statistically it's decent true. game. So why not? All right. Cool. I'm starting Odell. Thanks, Clark. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting Odell in two leagues. There you go. Cool. That was easy. Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. The first time that we'll see Pat Mahomes in an actual NFL game that counts. Jowden, give me your start and sits. Starts, I am, of course, just going with Keenan Allen um, because he's awesome. And there shouldn't be any fear around Keenan Allen about whether or not he's a fantasy wide receiver one. Um, unless not that he gets injured. I hope he doesn't. He's he's going to be fine. Keenan Allen's going to be great this year. And um, let's not forget that Marcus Peters is not in Kansas City anymore. Um, they might have a pretty comparable secondary to the Colts, except they, they do have Eric Berry, but he doesn't play defensive back. Who does play defensive back for the Chiefs are Kendall Fuller that they got in the uh, Alex Smith trade and Steven Nelson, question mark. Um I'm not quite sure who that is. Boom. Roasted. Uh, Barry's I, hurt. Too. I'm really sorry to their families, too. I, I don't mean to get <laughs> all the players on this pod. Jordan but. is just burning the world around him and then apologize later after it's all just uh, ashes. It's the smack talk from amping up my fantasy football uh, trash talk. It's getting me a little feisty. Um, sitting... Uh, kind of in a similar vein to Jimmy Garoppolo is Pat Mahomes. I'm still kind of waiting to see what Pat Mahomes might be able to do. If you drafted him as your starting QB, I would be a little bit worried that he plays this Chargers defense because they're still pretty damn good even without Jason Verrett um, because they didn't have Jason Verrett last year. There's a reason Joey Bosa is getting defensive MVP votes already. Um, he's a damn good player. And um, that's basically my week one mantra is just kind of waiting to see what these guys are uh, now that they're full-time starters. I agree with all of that. Well said. Yeah, I do too. And um, Jordan, uh, Eric Berry is dealing with a sore heel and still has not resumed practicing. And Oh my God, start the entire Chargers offense. It's, yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, he's coming off his torn Achilles, and now he has a sore hit. Like, that sounds really bad. That could be really bad. So, yeah, fire up Keenan Allen. Fire up everybody. Fire it's up Mike Williams. Fire up Phil Rivers. Fire up literally any person who takes the field in a Chargers uniform on the offense. I love Eric Berry, too, and I hate when he gets injured. Yeah. He's missed, like, two full seasons already. God damn. This is a tough week. Yeah, because he's afraid of horses. Everywhere, and I am, I'm playing him. Dang it. I'm going to will this to be good. And the Chargers have a really good pass rush and a decent secondary. I, I'm doing it, though. I'm doing it. Putting the money where my mouth is. Push through the pain, Clark. We'll all we'll all uh, bow to you when Sammy Watkins posts a, a monster 
monster games. Fifty yards and a touchdown. I'll be. That's all you need. Happy as a clam. All you need. All you need. Uh, all right, moving on to well, the team that Alex Smith used to play for and that Kendall Fuller got traded to and from uh, Washington moving to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Uh, Nick, give us your start and sits from this game. So um, my start is Alex Smith. Um, I, I love his, his pairing with uh, Chris Thompson and Jameson Crowder. He loves his uh, slot receivers and he loves throwing to running backs. And I think Jay Gruden, they have done that at a below average rate throwing to the running back. Uh, but they're really successful when they do. So I think that, you know, hopefully Alex Smith has been in Jay Gruden's ear saying, Hey, I, you know, I love doing this. Let me, let me get him the ball. Um, I, on the other side, I also really like uh, Ricky Seals. Well, I don't really like him, but if you're looking for a tight end, I like Ricky Seals Jones. Friend of the podcast, uh, Ricky Seals Jones. I do. You should, I endorse the Ricky Seals Jones. Okay, yeah. sweet. Yeah. And no, I think he can function as a safety blanket, maybe down in the red zone. Um, uh, yeah, so get on the uh, the RSJ train. Um, as far as my sit goes, it is Jordan Reed. He still is not practicing. We are being told that he's healthy, but get on the field and take some hits and show me literally an entire year where you are healthy, and then I will put you on my fantasy team. But until then, I'm not touching Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is someone who I've avoided like the plague for like the last three years in fantasy. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. So on the Ricky Seals Jones take, the last year that, oh, of course his name's going to escape me halfway into the take. <laughs> Sam Bradford. The last year Sam Bradford was healthy. I think Kyle Rudolph got something like 150 targets. So mm-hmm. even if you don't think Ricky Seals Jones is great, <laughs> then. Stats and information. I will go to stats, stats and information. information. Backing this up. That's so many targets. There's Last no way time Sam Bradford was healthy, Kyle Rudolph received 150 targets. 150 targets. <laughs> Captain Checkdown. I think it's 2015. I'm now actually really want to hear what the number actual number is. Screeching halt. That'd be like number six in the league, or actually that could be number one in the league for targets. Hey man, never doubt the Bradford to tight end connection. 73. You're right. 73. It's off by 100. <laughs> that was close. That was close. That's close. That's close. Hey, still a big number. But was that through like four games when he was healthy? It's true. If you average that through a full season. <laughs> no, I think that was like 20, 280 targets. <laughs> Clark couldn't spin it. I'm struggling, but like I'm searching other years. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> Also, I mean, this is yeah, a point had... to say Kyle Rudolph should be starting in all formats this week. Actually, he got yeah. 132 in 2016. Wow. There you go. Mm. Wow, Clark. Clark Burns. Okay. That was uh, off by a little. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's only that's 20. It's a lot better than your 73 compared to 150. So just uh, to put those numbers into context, this is from my Alshon Jeffrey sit that I didn't get to read. He had 120 <laughs> targets last year. And he's a wide receiver one. Yeah. So that is a lot awesome. of targets for a tight end. He's also Sit Alshon Jeffrey forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have the Dallas Cowboys going to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Uh, my start for this game, Christian McCaffrey. Run CMC is going to be a monster this year. Uh, he's going to start off eating against the Dallas Cowboys defense. That was 28th in receptions allowed per running backs uh, per game last year. So they were garbage 
And we all know that Christian McCaffrey is going to be uh, a heavily involved in the passing game, but more so than that, heavily involved in the run game. He looked great in the preseason. I can't wait to see him in an actual game that matters. And he's going to be able to eat against a Dallas defense. That's mm, not that great. Uh, my sit, I didn't want to just be like Dak Prescott because I mean, I want to give hot takes. I want to give the people what they want. So I don't know if I truly say sit this guy, but be wary of Ezekiel Elliott. Panthers defense is legit. They have been one of the best run defenses in the NFL the last couple of years. They're going to be keying in on Elliott all game long because there's nothing else really going for Dallas. So again, like what I said with, let me scroll up so I can see who was I T.Y. No, it wasn't T.Y. Maybe it was Mike Evans. I think it was Mike Evans who I was saying this. Be wary. You know, I think you should definitely sit Mike Evans more so than you should sit Ezekiel Elliott. But, um, you know, let's temper your expectations when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, uh, Dallas is another defense that didn't do a whole lot to address some of the holes that they have on that side of the ball. Um, And with that being said, Dallas was 28th last year in pass DVOA against running backs. So Mm -hmm. garbage. Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. Didn't they get a lot of their felons back this year? <laughs> oh my God. That should help. The fact that Clark managed to keep a straight face through that entire delivery, exceptional. That is a A-plus comedy right there. I think you should retire. <laughs> Just go out, go out on that. Just go out on a high. He's like, all right, that's it. I'm done podcasting. I don't know what more needs to be said about this game. So let's move on. Let's go to Nick. Oh, Nicholas, the first time that you get to talk about your beloved Seattle Seahawks and how much they suck. Uh, Going to Denver to take on the Broncos. Yeah, so my uh, start for this is uh, Royce Freeman. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's rough. It's rough out here. Um, I love, uh, I love, I believe I'm saying it correctly, uh, hopefully, uh, Shaquem Griffin. Um, he's going to be starting in place to KJ, and I'm a huge supporter, but you can't replace KJ right, especially with a rookie. Um, we're going to be vulnerable on the ground. Uh, I, I'm optimistic about our pass defense, especially given Earl Thomas returning, but it's still, I think Royce Freeman's probably going to go over 100 yards and, and uh, find the end zone. So start Royce Freeman. As far as sit goes, um, if you can sit Doug Baldwin this week, uh, he has returned to practice. He's practicing fully, but the knee is worrisome and he has to go up against the all pro slot corner, Chris Harris jr. It's a really, really tough matchup. Now he could get 13 targets or something, and then maybe he, he stays afloat there. Um, but on that note, I, Russell Wilson's so tough. He actually, this could actually be a great week to start Russell Wilson because it could turn into Sandlot football with. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller just chasing around everywhere. And he just runs for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Um, But yeah, the start is Royce Freeman. The sit is Doug Baldwin. And if you like to live on the edge, then roll Russell Wilson out there. I like the Russell Wilson call. There's a strong chance. I just don't watch this game in general. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to tell who, like, who are you going to watch try to score big points i guess russell wilson but i don't know anybody that's starting case keenum or it'd be uh, a sad a sad state if you were starting case Keenum. you must be in a 50 person league so i think keenum's gonna have some streaming value this year and if the seattle defense is gonna be as bad as everybody thinks it's gonna be 
we might be talking about him later. I think if you're starting him this week, you're in a 16-team league and you don't need my thoughts on quarterback. You probably know more about the quarterback 19 to 24 than, than I'll be able to spout on this podcast. But I do like Emmanuel Sanders a lot. I think that we're going to see a lot of production out of the Denver wide receivers. Now, whether that's Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders and someone else, I'll tell you in 12 weeks. But also, Russell Wilson just forever. I don't care who he's playing with. He's kind of the little Cam Newton. He's that rushing cheat code. You know, yep. if he puts up 70 yards rushing, that's about, what is that, like throwing 250 yards? So I It'll like the Uh Sanders is another guy who's bumped in and played a lot in the slot. And mm-hmm. so I think that could really help his uh, – his season this year because they like Cortland Sutton on the outside who also has looked for ass. Um, but yeah, no, I like it. I like this Emmanuel Sanders plug. And in the league where I accidentally took six quarterbacks drafted Chris Carson too. So I'll be watching this one closely. Well, he's the starter for the whole year. So don't worry about that. I want, I want Clark. I want you to make no moves with your six, six quarterback roster oh. and we can just track it the entire season and just they're already, they're already gone. Damn it. We've we've, <laughs> we've, we've purged, purged the roster. Yeah. I was gonna say that's at least three quarterbacks being held to ransom. Yeah. This was not intentional, just for the listeners. This was <laughs> not some stupid strategy. Uh no strategy involved, I can assure you. No strategy. Just James Potter was available though, picked him a up. A lot of vodka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, we got three games left. And we are going to Sunday night football. The oh, Chicago Bears and Khalil Mack getting their first look at the Green Bay Packers. Jordan, unsurprisingly, you are talking about this game. Who you start and who you sit? I'm glad you started off with Khalil Mack because this just puts more emphasis on why I need to talk about this player right now. And I just got to defend my guy, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he is top two quarterback in the league. So there's probably no way you're sitting him unless it's a bye week, but there's just been a lot of talk about the bears possibly winning the NFC North and Khalil Mack almost completely shifting uh, what the bears defense is able to do. He is an all world talent. Um, So is Aaron Donald, but guess what? Neither of those guys has really shifted their team's, defensive fortunes in the past until this year. I'm sure the Rams are going to be just world beating because they brought in a bunch of other guys, but guess what? Cleo Mack does not play defensive back. He does not play defensive tackle. Um, There's going to be plenty of opportunity if they don't rush more than four linemen for the Packers to just double team Cleo Mack all day. So I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to get too dirty Um, in 19 games against the bears. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 42 touchdowns and only nine interceptions Um, He has effectively owned Chicago since um, he started. He since he's become a starter Um, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers should have a pretty decent time because their best quarterback is Kyle Fuller and our best wide receiver is Devontae Adams. And I'm not worried. I love how Jordan started off the podcast being like, the AFC North needs a new person to win. We need some new blood. And then as soon as any kind of rumors or mumblings about the NFC North getting a new winner, he's like, nope, shut it down. The Bears still suck. Don't worry. Packers winning that sucker easily. Hey, I didn't say the AFC North needed a new winner. I just said <laughs> they're probably all going to be not good. But um, the sit option, um, I'm going with Allen Robinson. Um 
because I'm again, I'm going with the mindset of waiting to see what he can do. He's in a new offense with a new quarterback after not playing football for an entire year. Uh, the offense is fairly crowded now, and I think even the Bears initially for the first few weeks are going to try to figure out uh, what they are. Mitch Trubisky is a second-year player. He's probably still figuring out how to just be a starting NFL quarterback anyhow. And um, I just wouldn't depend too highly on Allen Robinson this week specifically. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all on board the uh, fade Allen Robinson train. Um I, I think that Trey Burton and Anthony Miller will have really good seasons, though, especially as the year uh, progresses. I expect both of those guys to produce in a big way. Um, the Bears have the the fifth softest pass defense. So anyway, keep those guys in mind. But uh, as of right now, you, you mentioned uh, Allen Robinson hasn't played football in a year. He hasn't played good football in two years. He you know he had a mm-hmm. bad season before he tore his ACL. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. Fade him. And that Green Bay defense looks pretty good, too. Um, and then, yeah, you don't need anybody to tell you. Finally, that. finally, might have a secondary there. Yes, it's loaded. I know there's it's a lot loaded. of talent. You guys have been stockpiling, and you specifically, so Jordan, because I know that you're really good friends with Gudekunst and that you are integral in the inner workings of the Green Bay Packers. So, well done. I'm telling you, people are upset we didn't land Mac, but I'm like, just wait. One of these guys could be an All Pro in like two years. Yeah, there's a UDFA uh, rusher you guys have. I'm blanking on his name, but he's been just mauling people all preseason. You know who I'm talking about? Not Oren Burks. Um, we'll we'll look it up. We'll figure it out. Fake but yeah, they, information. You guys are are you guys are gonna be good? That defense is is for real now. Boom. Cool. Oren Burks has been mauling people, but I, I why can't I remember this guy's name? He's been all the rage. <laughs> you 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 go tackle that right now, and we will tackle the Monday games, and we'll just blow through these because mm, there's not too much to offer here. But we got the New York Jets in Detroit to take on the Lions. Nick Ginger, Nick, tell me who you starting and sitting in this game. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so for starts, uh, I, I, I got two apiece for you. I'll go really quick. Uh, starts, I like Quincy Nuna for the Jets. The uh, Lions defense is very strong in the back end, but they're a bit vulnerable uh, in the slot, and I think that Nuna is basically going to function as a tight end. He's huge. He's playing slot receiver. He's he's basically going to be there receiving uh, or pass-catching tight end. So fire him up. Uh, sit Robbie Anderson. He's going to get the Slay treatment. And I love Robbie Anderson, but I don't like his odds going against Slay and then also dealing with Clever Quinn coming over the top. Um, for Detroit, start Golden Tate. Uh, the outside receivers are going to have a bit of a tough time. That is a very underrated Jets secondary. It's loaded. Um, uh, in the slot, though, uh, Buster Screen is really boomer bust, and I absolutely think Golden Tate is going to get in his head because that's what he does, and he's going to produce, and I love him, and Pete Carroll never should have let him leave Seattle. Uh, and sit Kenny Galladay just, just for now. Baby Tron will have his day. Well, let's see what he can do as you know as the season opens, and hopefully you've stashed him on your bench, and you're going to have a, a you know wide receiver two flex option uh, in a couple weeks. I'll be really interested to see if the Jets continue to not give Bilal Powell the ball when they should obviously do that. Yes. Count me off the Isaiah Crowell train. I was on there for a hot sec, but I'm back on the Bilal Powell train. The coaches just don't like Powell. Well, the coaches need to be fired then. (laughs) Reggie Gilbert is that Packers pass rusher. Yeah. Everybody loves now. 
Um, but I will say to your point about the um, about the Jets and Quincy Anunua, uh, the Lions defense was really good at scoring points last year and getting turnovers. Um, but they're, they were far from being a real complete defense. And I think the reason they were so good at getting turnovers and all that noise was because of their defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, who they let walk to uh, Cincinnati because for whatever reason, they didn't want to give him the head coaching position. Um, again, another reason why I think the Bengals might win the a- AFC North. Um, but yeah, I, I like a lot of options against the Lions if they're not lined up face-to-face with Darius Slay. All right, and then the final game in week one is the L.A. Rams going to Oakland to take on the who knows what the hell they are, Raiders. Um, I'm going to say, finally, because I have a hill that I've built myself and that I will die on, start Brandon Cooks. Cooks has torched the Raiders in the past whenever he's seen them. Last year when he was on the Patriots, he had 149 yards and a touchdown. And then two years ago with the Saints, had 143 yards and dose touchdowns. Uh, The Raiders defense is going to be even more trash now without Khalil Mack. They're going to have no kind of a pass rush. Jared Goff is going to have hours to sit back there and Jared Cooks can get open deep. A sit, Amari Cooper. We have no idea what Gruden's offense is going to look like or how Cooper will be used. Um, and like we've the the running theme has been let's take a week and let's let's see how these kind of how these people will be used how they'll perform how they'll look so let's take a week let's see how Amari Cooper looks and how be how he'll play and how he'll be utilized he's facing a brand new Ram secondary with Marcus Peters Akeem Talib and Nikel uh, Roby Coleman don't risk it he's not worth the start keep him on your bench see how he does see how this Gruden offense looks that's what I would say. You guys just convinced me. Someone asked me, should I start Golden Tater or Amari Cooper? And I thought, oh, Amari Cooper. No. While you were going through your take, I messaged the person back and said, no, 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 Golden Tate. Sorry. Start Golden Tate. There you go. Look at that. Awesome. Everyone yeah, podcast, um, change your minds. Uh, Amari Cooper also was saying today that uh, Seth Roberts is playing the slot. And that's really, really bad because Amari Cooper is a great slot receiver. So is Jordy Nelson. Amari Cooper is a really bad outside receiver. He's so really bad. Yeah, the only, so the only, I try to trade those guys on name value if you got them, but they're not going to produce this year. The only conundrum during this game is if you have a Rams player, they're all going to have really good games. It's just who is going to have the best really good game that you have to figure out. That's that's all there is to it. It's going to be the quandary, the uh, Sean McVay quandary of the year. I'm Especially against you. the Raiders. That's, I mean. Right. I'm telling you, it's, it's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cook's going to have a good game because he always does. He always has in the past. All of them. And it very well could be all of them. Let's be honest. This Raiders (laughs) team, if they go 0-2, it's just going to disintegrate, just crumble into pieces. There's a big chance that the Raiders come out and look bad against what ends up being the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. So just if, if you do have some Raiders that you're sitting, don't hit the panic button if that defensive line looks like they have two perennial all pros in there and that Wade Phillips is coaching the defense. On the flip side, if someone in your league has Amari Cooper or someone on the Raiders and is like, Wah! freaking out because of one game, be like, hey, I'll uh, I'll take Amari Cooper off your hands or you know, buy, buy low on some of them. I don't even want to use a roster spot on Amari Cooper. Woo! <laughs> My computer just burst into flames. <laughs> this, this podcast is over. We can't, we can't top that. 
<laughs> I got a draft starting in five minutes. So that's there fine. you go. Mari Cooper's not worth a <laughs> worth a roster spot. You're already here first. Uh, so there you go. Well, there's your week one preview. Uh, got plenty of starts and sits in there. If you have any more starts and sits that you would like to ask us, hit us up on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Um, I still have to figure out what the flying poop I'm going to name my RB1 league team. I've been reading, Jordan, all of your articles about team names, and I need to find one that is applicable to the players on my team. So got to work on that this weekend or this week leading up to the weekend because we're almost already there. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and, and on Stitcher. Rate, review, do all those good things. Give us five stars because you're excited for the NFL season. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Ginger Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. And we will be back at you guys next week to discuss and recap all of the week one happenings. Um, and until then, peace. So I got a draft like right now, and I just I got the third pick. So Bell is gonna be there. Nope. Right? David Johnson. I don't ah oh, God. 100 percent David Johnson. Clark, you're on mute. <laughs> David Johnson. Ezekiel Elliott. Someone you think else. so? Oh, Anyone okay. other than Bell. Do not take Bell. I took Kamara second in a draft, so I'm super high on Kamara, yeah. but I'm lucky I've never had to why? debate picking Le'Veon Bell. I don't know why. I guess I've never had a number one overall pick in the past four years. But Bell hasn't, for whatever reason, a combination of holding out or being injured, he hasn't played a full 16-game season in three years. So I'm, I'm always pretty low on Bell. And no why would Bell. he just hold out one game? Yeah, he's not going to do that. He's going to hold that at Unless least. Unless he gets traded or something. But, like, right. why just one? He's gonna he has go until Saturday to report, I think. He's not doing it. He's holding out. He's holding out for a while. Don't draft Bell. And there's so many other good options. If you were like seven and Bell was available. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe. I would still say no, but uh, okay. But well, then you take the flyer because you can get like a another top 15 guy coming on yeah. the way back probably. So little bonus content there for you. <laughs>